Nothing inspires like the bells here in the Advent season. Thank you so much. Let me just ask you, thinking about that, what is it that really these days gives you a sense of awe, a sense of wonder? I mean, what raises the goosebumps on your arms or sends shivers down your spine or raises the hair on your head? You know, I'll never forget being there as my three children were born. Each time they were laid into my arms, I was just overwhelmed with emotion. I mean, the incredible miracle of birth. What a mystery. I'll never forget the time I was in an auditorium with about a thousand people and all of a sudden we broke out in the hallelujah chorus. It was such a thrill, so inspiring. Or maybe in a different kind of way, when I was summoned to the basement of a dorm at Asbury Seminary in the spring one year as a ferocious storm was passing by. Oh, the power of the wind that you could sense. I'm sure that you too have experienced those moments of awe in your life. Maybe it's out at the rim of the Grand Canyon, standing there looking out of that great chasm. Or maybe it's strolling out at night and looking up the Milky Way, the, the stars, and you look at the handiwork of God and you're like, how could this be? Or maybe it's at a celebration of life. Or when you cower in the basement as the roaring hurricane passes by. We have those moments of awe. But you know, I'm finding in life that so many people these days don't seem to be inspired. They are just fine with an electronic device and the ho-hum of life. They're okay just going along with the mundane and the humdrum. You know, it was H.G. Wells there uh, years ago, the English writer, and he said there was a time when I looked up at the stars and I felt this sense of awe and wonder, but he said, now I look at the stars in the same sense I look at the wallpaper in the train station. And so it is, it appears with so many people today. We don't stop. We don't listen. We don't look. We don't sense the awe. This week, I want to challenge you in this fourth week as we enter into this time, the holiest of all nights, when God did the miraculous. God gave us his only begotten son that we might have life and that we might really live and have abundant life, eternal life. And let me say that mystery and meaning are really not opposites. A mystery is something that has more meaning than we can ever comprehend. You know, sometimes we say it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, but I want to say to you that Christmas is more than a season. 
Sometimes people will take on extra jobs, temporary jobs, just to have more money at Christmas. Kind of like the farmers down in the Mid-South used to do when they rushed their crops to market in December so they could have some extra special money to spend for those gifts. But you know what? Christmas is not about money. We say we're going to go home for, for Christmas, but Christmas, friends, isn't just a date. And you know, we talk about our Christmas dinner, but Christmas is more than a fancy feast or a delectable dessert. Friends, Christmas is a real mystery that calls upon our hearts to respond. You know, in the New Testament, it's the unrevealed that is so mysterious. The revelation of the coming of Christ in the world is not only a historical fact to be learned, but friends, it's a spiritual truth. A spiritual truth to be experienced, to be known in your heart. For only God could do something like this. Descend his only begotten son that you may have life. God humbled himself to become human and live with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And the good news is, is that God comes to us in a very special way, a very personal way to be your savior. Somebody asked a rabbi there years ago and said, uh, you know, it was a skeptic, said, why did God choose to speak to us, speak to Moses from a thorn bush? I mean, God could have spoken through a clap of thunder or a bolt of lightning or through some other miraculous means like a cloud in the sky. Why in the world would God do that through a thorn bush? And the good rabbi said to teach us that there is no place on earth where God's glory can't be found. God came among the thorns. God came in the midst of tribulation. God came in the mire, in the muck, to stand with us, to redeem us. Friends, Christmas is especially a moment where earth is crammed full of the glory of heaven. And this Bethlehem time was where something divine was birthed. And it really goes unnoticed unless we realize the meek way in which God came to us in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, if our greatest need had been information, God no doubt would have sent us a professor. If our greatest need had been technology, he would have sent us a scientist or a computer expert. If our greatest need had been money or fiscal responsibility, God would have sent us a broker or sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But you know, our greatest needs, friends, is something to deal with the heart. It's forgiveness. And God sent us a savior. Something far greater to deal with our life, our heart. Now, Jesus was content with a stable when he was born so that we could have a mansion when we die. We could have a place that is eternal. And God came in the midst of chaos and a stable time in the life of this couple, Mary and Joseph. Have you ever... Notice that despite the human tendency to blame God for everything bad that happens, that we can rarely find a reason to accuse God of being boring. 
I mean, all of the earthquakes and famine and floods and pandemics and the crazy things and even the everyday tragedies that happens like porch pirates or flat tires or car accidents. Somehow all of these things get blamed on God. When people and problems in our life however, get too difficult, too messy, too overwhelming, those are the moments that we often feel that God has abandoned us. But I want to suggest to you it's exactly in those moments, those hectic times in life, those anxious moments that we face, that that's when God is near to us. What appears to be our most chaotic and convoluted times are actually our stable times. Our true stable times are when we look around and we see however unpredictable, however unmanageable, however unbelievable the mess seems to be in our life, the mess, I mean, the message is even more. I, I mean, at Christmas, the mess is part of the message. In today's gospel text here in Luke, we find both Elizabeth and Mary, they are in the midst of their own stable time, their own unbelievable moment. Elizabeth is far beyond childbearing age, and yet she finds herself expecting a child. Can you imagine what her thoughts, her emotional life must have been like? Am I going to be up to the task? Am I going to be able to tend and manage all of this? Am I going to have the stamina, the energy? And then how about Mary? Mary must have been a wreck emotionally. Her state of mind must have even been more daunting. And how about our husband, Joseph? He must have been confused and angry. It must have been absolutely unbelievable to him. Has anyone ever faced such an outrageously stable time in life than Mary and Joseph? And now Jesus Born in a manger, not on a fancy farm, a big fancy house on Park Avenue, but laid in a manger. I've been there at the Church of the Nativity. I've been there in Shepherd's Field. I've seen the little cave-like areas where presumably a, a place such as that where a babe and a mom and a dad could cuddle with the animals. Jesus came in such a meek and mild way. His debut was in a cramped and congested place. But again, I want to say to you, the mess is part of the message. It tells us that there's no stable, there's no place in our world, in our lives, that's too poor, too remote, too outcast, too messy, that God can't come in and rectify, reconcile, redeem our lives. You know, friends, if you are near overload today, if you are feeling so anxious, if you've got trouble in your life, in your family, if you've got concerns, if you've got issues that just seem so overwhelming, you may just be on the cusp of a genuine, stable time in your life. Mary experienced this stable time because of her humility. She leaned into that moment. 
and she experienced the wonder, the awe of the grace of God. She teaches us about joy. She teaches us about hope. You know, some years ago, there was an earthquake out in California, and the story goes that there were these miners down deep in the silver mines, and they had no idea what was going on on the surface. They were just doing their jobs. They were so far down in the earth that the tremors stopped far above them, and it was only like later that night or the next day when they climbed out of those mines that they realized the alarm, what everybody was facing. love that text in Colossians 3. Your life can be so hid with Christ. Your life can be so hid with Christ that you may be oblivious to much of what sadly troubles the world. You could be so sheltered in God that nothing can disturb the deep calm, the deep peace, the awesome joy of a relationship with Christ. For the eternal God is your dwelling place, and underneath are his everlasting arms. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He will hide us in the shelter in the day of trouble. You know, friends, at Christmas, the awe is that Jesus came to be with us. Even little old me, little old you, to restore your life. And the only place where there was room for him in this world was on a cross. Let me ask, have you ever received a gift and you didn't know you needed it? Have you ever had that happen? I've gotten some very unusual gifts at Christmas and I can remember, it's even still a family joke. Just a very few years ago, I got this box and opened it up, and it was this thing called an Echo. And I'm like, what is this? This wasn't on my list. This Echo show, and now I gotta tell you, Alexa's part of a family. <laughs> I didn't know I needed the thing to organize my life, to set alarms to tell me the weather, to get the groceries all organized, and so much more, or to play Jeopardy or whatever it is. Let me say to you that marvelous thing about Christmas is we didn't know we needed it until it came. Friends, Christmas is here, and I hope in the middle of this season that you will stop you give your life to God, that you'll lean into this moment and marvel at the mystery of the coming of Jesus Christ into this world. I want to invite you to join me in a moment of prayer. We're going to share in this hymn of reflection, and as we do, I want to extend the invitation for you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior today. Maybe you're here and you just feel so overwhelmed. There's been so much going on in your life, in your family, maybe in the life of a friend. Maybe there's hurt. Maybe there's consternation. Maybe you've got a troubled heart. Let me invite you to pray with me. Oh, holy God, we thank you so much for sending us your only begotten son.
Oh, we thank you, Lord, for just the grace. For, Lord, the transformation that can result in our hearts and lives, the forgiveness that can be known, the rest and the peace that can be experienced. God, we pray for everyone here today. We pray for each one, Lord, here in this moment that's crying out to you. Lord, reach down even now and touch them. Give them strength. Pull them close. Lord, for those that are reaching out today to claim you as Savior, oh God, that your spirit of assurance and peace would fill their heart. Lord, bless us in this season. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.